This is Sad Boy Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sad Boy Radio. Today, I got a new guest, new Spanish guest. He's a friend of a former guest, Abel. So go ahead and introduce yourself, man. What's up? What's up, y'all? I'm Adam Martinez. I'm an artist. I make music in English and Spanish. Yeah, my man Matt reached out to me to come do a podcast, and I said, let's do it. Yeah, he's about to blow up, bro. He, he's got like 50K streams in Ecuador right now. Shit. Just Ecuador. <laughs> Nowhere else. <laughs> hey, fuck it. Yeah, 6 9 started somewhere overseas that he blew up, like the Netherlands or some really? shit. I don't fucking know. Yeah, he blew up in Europe before he blew up here. Damn. Today, you know, we're going to talk about life, I guess, right? Mid-20 crisis you talked about. Mm-hmm. When life was simple, kind of, right? When when you didn't have all the stress and pressure of being an adult. Yeah, that, that shit fucks you up. Definitely, bro. You had mentioned me the midlife crisis well not midlife but you know quarter life crisis yeah mid-20 life crisis trying to figure shit out so talk about that what kind of stresses have been on your mind lately bro well it's just different bro like when i when i started making music i was in high school so like it was just more messing around and like figuring your shit out and then obviously the further along you get you know there's a little more pressure to get your shit together whether it's like from bills or it's like man why aren't i famous yet (laughs) or you know just or you know why am i still living at home with my mom just shit like that, you know? And so it's it's a pressure because it's like, you know, I have, I see friends and other cousins and stuff who maybe have their stuff more figured out. You know, they went to school and, and got like a real straight degree, whether it was like, you know, medic, something in medical school or something, you know? It's like, damn, I should have done something like that. But I knew going into music that it, it was going to be a risk and that nothing's guaranteed. Some people make it faster than others. So, you know, I'm 25 now and it's just sort of like, man, when is it, when is something going to give, you know, when am I going to start making money off this or stuff like that? But, you know, it's not discouraging. I, I love making music, even if even if it weren't my career, I would still be doing it. But it's just stuff like that, man, you know? It's always tough, bro, because like you said, you're always kind of focusing on what other people are doing, how fast other people are doing it. And that's just the kind of stuff that stays on your mind. I always think about the end goal rather than the process. And it's always the hard part because, yes, I just want to be there, right? I just want to be at the top already. I want to be able to interview whoever I want to interview. I want to say, hey, you know, I made it. And it's just like the song, you know, successful Drake and Trey songs, right? Because, you know, right off the bat, Drake, this one, Drake first started, bro. You know, he's saying, I want them, or Trey Song said, I want the money, money in the cars, the cars in the clothes, I suppose, right? Yeah. Or, and the hoes, but, you know, that that's the, that's the clean version. That's the dirty version. But, yeah, bro, you know, it's all that stuff you want in life, and you want to just be able to say, damn, I'm successful already, right? Definitely. And success has a different measure for everybody, whether that's, you know, ha- happiness, financial, or just literally the definition of being the best, right? Mm-hmm. Saying I made it means something different to everyone else. And to me, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the fucking mansion on the hills with the eight Lamborghinis in the garage. Like, honestly, I don't I don't need that. You know, I just want to be able to live comfortably on my own, you know, support myself, support my family. And whether that means, you know, having millions of dollars or not, like, that ultimately doesn't matter to me. But to have music be my job and, and the way I make a living to me that's making it you know where i don't need to go work at some shitty you know restaurant or whatever to keep supporting myself so that's making it to me that's dope bro and i think that a lot of artists do have that mindset where you know it's just about the music even if they have a hundred thousand fans and those hundred thousand fans support them to where they don't got to be struggling that's what matters to them you know yeah. a lot of the times i think about you know like i said when life was easier because those stresses and pressures of going forward becoming the best thing that you can possibly be 
it's overwhelming a lot of the time mm-hmm. and it just stresses you out for no fucking reason so i think about songs like you know young dumb and broke or young wild and free all the young songs yeah right <laughs> literally all the young songs because it takes you back to a time where i don't know if the songs you got in mind are different than me but it takes you back to a time where i was in high school and shit was just you know I was worrying about college. I was worrying about the scholarships, but I guess life seemed easier. Yeah. Where all I had to worry about was, damn, which girl is going to break my heart next? (laughs) (laughs) Sad boy radio. For real. (laughs) Hey, sad boys, for real, bro. And we didn't get this title for no reason. Oh, shit. Makes sense now. It's just that type of shit that I think about. So how about for you? You know, what kind of songs was it for you or what kind of moments do you think about when you were younger that just make you feel stress-free damn you know it's funny you mentioned songs when you were younger because i've been like i made a playlist recently like a private one for myself that's like songs that i grew up on but there's specifically ones in spanish because i'm trying to practice my spanish and like get more in that world there's this one song by juanes do you know juanes yeah do you like him or not for the most part yeah you're on the radio uh, la camisa negra <laughs> Ooh, that's my jam yeah like that song or like es por ti i don't know if you know that one mm, probably not uh but like i grew up on the songs man like my oldest brother used to play them all the time and when i listen to them because I, I i can have headphones on at work when i put those songs on while i'm working bro it makes the day like go so much smoother and i just think about uh, just music in general bro it lifts you up and like those songs specifically take me back to when i was younger and you know didn't have to worry about bills and shit i don't know songs like that i have three older brothers so like to me it was like whatever they were playing in the house that i grew up on um and so it takes me back to that stuff man yeah see it's different for me because i'm the i'm the second oldest but my older brother wasn't like big on music oh no so it was whatever music i was listening to everybody else (laughs) caught on to i don't know a lot of the times it's just songs that i love r&b bro i love bachata there were a lot of bachata songs when i was younger like young young that i wasn't able to like google or anything it was just (laughs) like i heard later in my life and i'm like oh shit i think i know this song and it's a lot of the spanish songs like mi corazoncito by uh, aventura nice obsession like shit like that it was always my parents did not listen to bachata no not until i started listening to it my mom put your mom on my mom was like oh i don't like this music and then i started listening to it and she's like oh put romeo on she put your whole family on damn that was a total opposite bro total opposite and it's funny because all all my three different brothers they had like complete different tastes in music like my oldest one was like juanes or like a lot of mariachi music the one under him was like rap and hip-hop and the one under him was like r&b and pop and so that's why i feel like i naturally can make all that i mean less hip-hop than anything because i'm not a rapper but i'm a producer too and i love producing hip-hop beats but i feel like that's why i gravitated towards all different genres because i just grew up with all of them you know around my house yeah but i like i was the youngest so like whatever they put on bro i like that song it really be like that sometimes but yeah man you know those times they were just simpler you especially for you you didn't have to make the decisions someone just put it on and said hey this is what you like (laughs) oh yeah yeah exactly bro i'm like would i even like this music if i wasn't you know if i was an only child or something I wonder what I would have li- been listening to then. For real. It's, life's like about the what ifs, right? But that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. Who do you feel like is your biggest influence then? You know, from musically, y- musically uh, and from your family in that case. Mm. Well, like artist wise, man, there's so many, bro. The one artist that always comes to mind is Bruno Mars. He's one that inspired me to make music. Yeah, you look like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I don't, I don't agree but i'll take it <laughs> yeah dude so bruno mars was like and to this day like he's my number one favorite artist bro i don't know if you like do you like his music hell yeah i love bruno mars bro bro i saw him at lala 
But I lost the videos because I lost my phone that year. I was so fucking upset, bro. I seen him in concert once. And it's so cool, man, because you go to the concert. I mean, I'm sure Lala was different, but when you go to, like, his actual concert, there's so many different people there, bro. There's, like, parents. There's young kids. There's there's people in their 20s. Like, it's, it's like, all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that makes his music, like, really special. Like, he really figured out how to market his music to everybody. He's a performer, bro. And... It, it's known that he's a performer, you know? When you talk to somebody about Bruno Mars, you're like, damn, he puts on a really good show. Oh, yeah, dude, that man's an entertainer. That's what I say, like, from dancing to producing to playing instruments to singing, all of it, bro. But there's more artists beyond that. Like, Juan, as I mentioned, like, lately he's been inspiring the shit out of me. You know John Bellion? I've heard of him, yeah. He's a lesser-known one, but his production is, like, insane. So just a lot of different artists, man. But Bruno Mars is, like, the one I always think about. Man, with music, it always evokes different types of emotions, especially depending on who it is, what the production's like, what the writing's like. It's crazy how different shit can be, right? Because I think about Bryson Tiller and how a lot of the times the production's really hard, but sometimes you got to really focus on what he's saying. Kanye, Kanye can literally say fucking nothing in his songs, but the way his beats make you feel, the way the production makes you feel, it's just like, fuck. Yeah, scoop the whoop, bro. Scoop the poop. And that beat was supposed to go to Drake. Like, all that fucking beef for over a fucking beat because Kanye was just being a dick. <laughs> hey, that beat's so hard, though, bro. <laughs> but I don't know what the hell he said. Yeah, the sample on it is dope. Yeah. But shit like that, right? There's so many different things in music. Like, Trey Songs. Trey Songs makes a completely different type of music than somebody like, say, Adele, right? But there's different emotions that are just meant to fucking come out from each song. That's one of the things I think about all the time where I listen to a song when I was younger, right? And it just reminds me of that time. And there's an interview with Drake where Drake talks about it, where people are like, oh, this don't sound like the old Drake or, oh, man, I miss the old you. And he mentions it. He's like, you know, it's not that you miss what I'm making. It's that you miss what the song I made made you feel. The time in your life that you were at whereas yeah where he's talking about like you know that girl that you were talking to at that time when this song came out i can't bring that back but i can make new music that's going to create new me- memories for you mm. i disagree and agree with him you were mentioned that's what drake said because mm-hmm. i feel like i don't know like someone like the weekend like his music now is so different from what it was back then and i I support artists changing their sound because that's what i do all the damn time bro if you go back to the first project i dropped that shit was like a motown record yeah i don't make anything near motown anymore it's not because i don't love it anymore but i just felt like making something different you know so i think the audience also has the right to say like you know i miss the way it used to sound because i think artists i mean we change bro you know we have different ways to convey those energies and those feelings. Like, I think The Weeknd has every right to make, like, dark pop music like he does now. It's, like, really 80s. It's, like, nothing like what he used to make, you know? I think the topics are. I think what he writes about is very similar, but his his music sounds a world worlds apart from what it used to. I feel that. I definitely feel that. I think that there are some songs that The Weeknd brings out hints of what he used to sound like or yeah. thro- throw in you know like the hums or the echoes shit like that that's really what people i i feel like that's what people think oh this is what the old weekend sounds like you know what i'm saying where he has all the dark production in the background just like you said the topics are pretty much the same it's just a different way of delivering it exactly i forgot who said this quote not what you sing or write about it's it's how like drake songs you know it's i mean he writes honestly drake has a lot of different shit and songs like he's an artist to me that like that man does it all (laughs) he sings he raps 
hard shit, sad shit, like literally everything. But moving forward, bro, you know what? Sad Boy Radio took on Drake, took on The Weeknd, <laughs> took on Bruno Mars. Shit. Let's talk let's talk about some other shit, right? As far as your 20s, right? Because this is your mid-20 crisis. What have your 20s taught you up to this point? Um, well, my mind gravitates to music all the time. So when I started making music, I used to do it exclusively, like, just by myself. And with the help of my brother. Like, me and him would just produce and write it all. And I used to be, qu- I used to be sort of, like, um, prideful and, like, I want to just write it all and produce it all and everything. And there was this moment. It was uh, a month before COVID happened, actually where I went to the songwriting camp. That's where I met Abel. And it was one of the first moments where, like, I really got to collab with other artists that weren't my brother or, like, you know, a friend that lived two blocks away from me. You know, it was, like, different people that I didn't even know. It was awesome, man. Like, I was able to let go and, like, really realize that there's other people like me. Like, the way they write and the way they they hum melodies of gibberish. It's like, oh, shit, you do that, too? That's how you get ideas then? That's what I do. And so that, that was, like, a really great teaching moment because ever since then, man, I just love to collaborate like if you go towards my older stuff spotify spotify gives you the option do you use spotify or apple i use both depends on the day if you go on spotify i don't know if apple has the feature but you can click those three dots and go to song credits and it'll show you like who wrote it who performed it who produced it and if you go to all my older stuff it was just like me and my brother me and my brother me and my brother and now you see other people in there whether it's able or or johnny carter or like just all different artists helping me out now i think it makes the music better you know, they're going to write something that you would have never thought of. Musically, that's, that's what I feel like over the past couple of years, I've really learned to to appreciate. It's always hard bringing people into your world, you know? Yeah. Especially when you've always been kind of a private person. I don't know if you've been a private person your whole life, but... Uh, it depends on what about, you know? Yeah. The thing for me is, like, when we first started this show, it was only people that we knew, right? People that were exclusive to the Blue Door Studios brand. Whereas now, you know, I try my best to go out there, find someone new, find someone that's going to bring a different take to the table. Mm. It's always an experience and it's always fun for me because you're interacting with people that you really never thought you'd be able to have the chance to do so, right? Yeah. Especially creating something like this because it's just different, you know? You know, I'm I'm sure you know, like, think about it. Five years ago, do you think you would have been collaborating with all these different artists? I don't know. Maybe for you it's different, right? Because you just performed that show with Abel too. Mm-hmm. You've been collaborating with a lot of friends. And I know that's something that you mentioned to me. So, you know, touch on that a little bit. Yeah, it's funny because <laughs> I feel like if it weren't for music, I probably wouldn't well, I definitely would have never reached out to Abel. Like, I would have had no reason to be like, hey, let's hang out, <laughs> whatever, you know. He was a great over me in high school, and he was into sports. I wasn't. But music brought us together, and then through music, we find out, oh, we do have a lot in common, you know. Not just the music we like, but, like, after our show at Sonido Fest, we were all hanging out at his place, and his parents were there. And I was talking to his dad, and it turns out, like, his dad knew my dad. And, like, he used to listen to his music. You know, I was like, what the fuck? Like, we would have never known that you know and it's like that brought us closer like oh shit man like our dads used to you know they wouldn't like hang out they weren't like friends but like they knew of each other you know and uh like that was a really cool moment and in chicago or like we're we're me and abel are pursuing music now it's just sort of like continuing that legacy and i I don't know i felt like a really cool moment that like we would have never known otherwise You know what I mean? Yeah, that history, bro. Yeah. And you mentioned that, yeah, you mentioned that your dad was uh, an artist as well. Mm -hmm. You also said your granddad was an artist. Yeah. So which one was more famous, bro? (laughs) The battle. Yeah, so my grandpa was from my mom's side. So, Hold on. Which one do I got to talk to? 
Uh, which one do I got to bring on a, a sad boy radio? <laughs> well, they're they're neither of them are with us today, so oh, man, unless you can record <laughs> beyond the our world, now you're good, bro. It was a long time ago. My dad passed away in 2006. It's been a while, bro. It's been a while. Um, and I'm I'm totally cool talking about it. But yeah, dude, my dad was big in Chicago, like during the 70s, and my grandpa was one of the first like mariachi groups to come to Chicago, and that must have been pff, the 40s or some shit, 50s. Thing. Not 40s. I think it was too young, maybe 50s. But yeah, bro. So there's like a legacy here in Chicago, you know, whether it's through my mom's side or my dad's side. But to answer your question, my dad was definitely more famous than my grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Like my oldest brother was in the newspaper when he was born. Like it was like that level. And the way Abel's dad was cool talking to Abel's dad, he was describing it to me as like, you know, because my dad's band would perform at gigs or like quinceaneras or weddings, you know, whatever. And so they would ask like, oh, who's performing? today it's like oh los aristocratas the chicago oh shit you got them it was like that like oh shit you know you got the big dogs <laughs> so it was cool man it was like cool to hear that Cause, and I've, I've known that from like the stories that my mom and my aunts tell but it was cool hearing it from someone else that was removed from my family yeah you know so it's it's just cool man it, it's it feels amazing to continue that tradition and that legacy and like hopefully i can get to that level and hopefully i can get to beyond it you know and it's something that i take very seriously like that's why i'm so passionate about music mm-hmm. so what's something you hope to accomplish in honor of them man there's a lot i would love to man you know what one thing was uh you know juan gabriel mm-hmm. you know he passed away a few years ago yeah so he actually knew my dad there's a picture of them together they were homies before juan gabriel was famous one of my dreams was always to like you know, make it big and then talk to Juan Gabriel about my dad and like, yo, I'm I'm his son. Yeah. Because I know for a fact he'd remember, he would remember. And so stuff like that sucks because like all these older artists who my dad loved, they're like passing away. Like, you know, Vicente Fernandez isn't doing so good right now. So it's like, fuck. Besides stuff like that, like through the people he knew, I think just making it in music, bro. And like, I don't know, winning a Grammy or like performing at Allstate Arena, just, just stuff like that. Like I know my dad would, my dad would be proud as fuck just seeing me make, the songs that i'm making you know so like i think what i'm doing right now is like more than enough to honor them but obviously it's like the bigger i get and the more the further i get along like there's gonna be moments where i'm like damn i knew i know they would love this shit yeah bro and you're on the path to doing that that's what's dope thank you bro all right bro moving forward we'll probably come back to the topic in a little bit but you know we wouldn't be sad boy radio without talking about relationships bro (laughs) you did mention it to me uh I think that that's a very heavy topic, especially when you're in your 20s, because you got so much shit you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you add another person to it, it's a task. It's kind of a chore. Yeah. Well, depends on much you like. <laughs> you know, shit. I've had that's always been the main struggle of relationships for me, at least, you know, since I've been pursuing music is like and it, it depends on the girl, too. Some are some want to spend more time with you than others and some understand it and are OK with you know, the, seeing them once a week or whatever. It's definitely hard to balance them, man. And it was really hard, especially when I was in college because I was doing, had a job, college, girlfriend, and music. It was like, I hardly had time for myself. It's tough, bro, because you're always, I don't know, it's something that I've been running into lately a lot where I don't have time. I just don't fucking have time. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get somebody to understand that, but when they do, it's dope. But it's also like... I don't know, man. Sometimes it'd just be easier if I cut everybody off, (laughs) fucking focus on what I got to do. And when the time's right, the time's right. You know what I'm saying? For sure. No, I get you, man. I'm I'm the type that, like, I don't really look for it, like, you know, going on Tinder or whatever. Like, 
whatever happens happens for me you know if i meet a girl or if i in school it was easier because you'd have class and like oh she's cute and then start talking or whatever but and then like now that i'm working from home if it's not like performing at a show or going out to eat with friends or something it's like i'm hardly even going out shit when we hitting the club bro (laughs) sad boy radio baby sad boy radio takes on the club every weekend Nah, but i mean it's different man like i i actually like when a girl can understand like let me just see you on saturdays or like once a week like i like it gives me time to miss her and like you know we're not just hanging out and like doing nothing you know we go do something fun and like i kind of look forward to like all saturdays our day or whatever Mm, i feel that that's that's me anyway yeah It's my problem is, is I like you to want to hang out, right? It's like that urgency to want to see me. So if you're okay with like only seeing me once a week, for me, it's like, it's discouraging. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, why don't like, okay. why don't you want to see me more than once a week? For <laughs> real. Yeah, that sounds kind of dumb, but yeah, that's kind of me. And then, you know, a lot of girls, they like to, they like for you to make the plan. And I'm like, bro. You make the plan, I'll drive. I don't give a fuck. Just make the plan. <laughs> really? It's easy, bro. Just I mean, I don't know. For me, anyway, I'm like, the, the thing that I've learned, bro, is like, girls just appreciate effort. Whether it's like, it could be as simple as like, hey, I need to go buy a shirt for a wedding. At least the girls that I have to like are so happy to tag along. And like, just that you're doing it something, you thought of them, you pick them up type shit, you know? Listen, bro. <laughs> you haven't listened to Sad Boy Radio enough. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if I don't like her enough, Cause you know there there's girls that you like a lot and there's girls that are like just there right for sure i just haven't found somebody that i like enough to be like you know what let me go drive 20 minutes in the opposite direction to pick them up and then we'll go actually do some shit you know <laughs> right what I'm in the other opposite direction yeah. of where you're supposed to go so that's that's the predicament i've fallen into where i'm like it's not worth it i feel you bro I, I did have a question for you, by the way, bringing this up. Mm-hmm. How do you decide who you're going to give your energy to? That can be played into relationships. It can be played into relationships with your friends, who you collaborate with, all of that stuff. When it comes to girls, I, I've never been the type to, like, make someone my girlfriend if I'm not that into them. That's just me. Like, I, I'm not about to bring you home to my family if I if I feel like it's not going to work out in the end, you know? I feel like like I'm so passionate about music and I feel like it bleeds into everything else. Like I have to be passionate about you to spend my time with you, you know? And that goes with my friends too or like other musicians that want to collab. Like I've had people hit me up that want to collab and like I don't know, I feel like they don't take music seriously enough or like or their output is consistent enough and my output isn't the best either, but like I don't know, there's an energy that I get like I feel like you're just fucking around and like I don't have time to just fuck around. Fact. It goes. It goes back to like I'm 25. Like if I'm gonna make a song, it's gonna be to want to do something with it. You know, whether it's putting it out or giving it to someone else. Like I'm very focused on like why are we making music here? Music can be fun, and I and I'm not. It's not to say I don't have sessions where like you know we make a song and then nothing happens with it. You know that's gonna happen regardless. But I love the mission of like let's try to make a banger. Let's try to make something that people are gonna love. You know, mm-hmm. there's not there's no better feeling, bro, than like making a song and you're just like oh i can't wait to drop this i can't wait for people to hear it that's funny because man you know how many times you just go into the studio it feels like every time you go into the studio and you make something good you're like damn this is a banger (laughs) this is gonna drop this can be hard and then you fucking finally release it and you're like (laughs) shit sucks (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's less this shit sucks i'm like by the time the song comes out you're a little tired of it not tired of it, but it's like old, you know, like, man, I made this shit six months ago. But then you kind of p- give it a new life because then I like to put myself in the shoes of like someone who's never heard it. 
And I love getting feedback of like, oh my God, I love your new song. And it's like, I don't have to bump it to enjoy it. The fact that other people are bumping it are making me feel like, yeah, man, I did something there. You know what I mean? And that's what I think about like with the show, right? Where this is your first time experience this space, your first time being on the show and just taking in the vibe, right? Whereas this is like my 26th time or some shit like that, mm -hmm. where it feels like for you, it's new. It's a new experience. For me, it's like it's a new experience with a new person, but it's like the vibe in the room, the lights. It's like, all right, the, like this is this is my space. You know what right. I'm saying? I just thought about that today where I'm like, man, you know, I want to make people feel comfortable in my space. It's kind of like your home, right? Mm -hmm. When you have someone in your home, you want to make sure that they're taken care of. For sure. You know, they're treated like a guest because that's honestly what it's like. And that's something new that's kind of hitting me at the moment. No, definitely. And it, it's funny because when you have a music session with someone that you've never met, there's this weird pressure like, oh, I hope I make something good today, bro. Because if I don't, they're going to think I suck, you know? They're going to think I'm whack. Right. <laughs> and that's the thing with music, bro. Like, I say all that not to say that, you know, you can't have sessions where shit doesn't happen. Because, like I said, it's just going to happen. But I've had plenty of sessions, even with Abel or whoever, like... We fuck around. It's like, oh well, I don't. Really, I'm not really feeling this. You know, you can't guarantee a hit every time, but it's a, it's like, you try to hit it. You know, and with with a new person, it's like if they don't really know you, and it's the first time, and that happens, it's like fuck. So I like to go into sessions with either like a beat already, like yo, I made this vibe, or even if it's just like the guitar chords already, like yo, I have this this vibe going. I like to do that because then it sort it sort of gives you like a really good head start. What kind of energy do you feel like you're bringing, and how do you? You know, you just kind of answered the question I did have for you. How do you make sure that, you know, you bring your piece to the table? Yeah, no, because it's different for me, bro, because I'm like I produce and I write and I sing and I play instruments. So like it could be any of those things. I've had sessions where someone's running the session already. You know, there's a producer there. Like take Johnny Carter, for example, like the last few sessions I've had with him and Abel, like he's kind of leading the ship. I'll usually contribute whether it's guitar shit or like I'll start the chords and then he takes it off. You know, like, if you look at the Billy Grossa video, it's a very back and forth. Like, oh, you should add this. Let me add this real quick, you know? So it all depends, man. It all depends what kind of session it is. Just the other day, I went to Abel's place, and I played producer, you know? I didn't, I'm, I'm not on the song. I just, he wanted a, a certain beat, and so I made it. And so it depends, bro. I, it's sort of an advantage that I can, you know, if, if my production's fucking up, I could be like, well, let me help you write it then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's cool, man. Um, I've also been working with this guy, Alex Ponce out in Ecuador. I just dropped a song with him called Derretidme. I'm more of a producer in that role and songwriter because we write the songs together. But like if I don't bring the production, there's probably nothing that's going to be made, you know? He plays guitar and he, he composes like beautifully. But when it comes to sitting down on the computer and knowing the ins and outs of music production, so it varies man artist to artist so talk about that record a little bit bro you know that's your new big hit yeah, yeah, 50k yeah. out in ecuador uh, shit, only in ecuador only in ecuador it's the only place you can listen to it <laughs> but talk about it bro you know how do you feel about the record doing so well it's only it's first week right yeah yesterday was one week it's crazy man i mean you know i drop songs and i, I usually don't know what to expect and we, when we wrote this one it was back in like i want to say may or june and it's funny, I actually, I actually produced this song last November mm. before I was even... I don't think I knew him when I made the beat. I went back to it because I have... Did you usually look at my phone's voice memos. I got about a million voice memos. And so every now and then I'll like type in keywords and see what pops up. And this specific beat came up and I was like, yo, how come I never did anything with this? I'm like, yo, I want to write some Spanish shit to this. And Alex Bonsa has been the guy who's helped me out with that because that's his first language you know and thankfully he speaks english because my conversational skills in spanish aren't the best 
so the fact that he can speak English helps us communicate like this is what I want the song to be about and I I usually come with the topic and like certain phrases that I want to give out and and he'll help he'll help me piece it out together and so for this song the beat was already done it was old and when I showed it to him he like loved it bro like he's like oh my god I've always wanted a song like this because in Latin America I feel like right now the sound is very it's different reggaeton or dance hall or you know which I love all of it and I've made plenty of songs like that and i'm going to continue to do so it's like a disco pop feel this song mm -hmm. and you don't really hear that out there and so to him it was like oh shit this sounds crazy i got very popish vibes from it it kind of it kind of reminded me of like maroon 5 mm -hmm. yeah that's what the beat reminded me yeah of. maroon 5 people have said like dua lipa type of vibe you know and so i told him like bro jump on it like you're helping me write it you know jump on it we wrote it in a day because i had all the melodies written out already and the, the whole beat and so that man is just so quick with lyrics, bro. Like, that man will just... I want to say this. Boom, boom, boom. He'll put it down. So we finished it. We recorded it. We knew it was really good, but, you know, I've dropped songs that I thought were really good, and then, you know, it doesn't perform the way I want it to. So it can go both ways, man. But leading up to the release, Alex is, like, big on TikTok. He blew it up before the song came out. Like, it was charting on... Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, I seen that. We're like, how are people even Shazamming it? <laughs> it's not even out. <laughs> it's crazy. And so the day it came out, bro, like... I think we did 10K in one day, which I've never... I mean, one of my songs just hit 20K, and that came out in May. <laughs> which one? Uh, Mia? Oh, okay. I don't know if you heard that one. Take a reggaeton track. And so we were, like, blown away, bro. It was thanks to his TikTok platform, you know? Like, he took it to a whole other level that I, I don't think I could have. And that <laughs> that's what convinced me, like, I got to get it on TikTok. Man, the reach on there is insane. Shit. And so, yeah, bro, we released it, and... And to this day, I think we're about to hit 60K, and we're just grateful, man. 100K, bro, 100K. Soon. Hopefully next week, fingers crossed. <laughs> It'll be my first record, 100K. And yeah, we're going to have to pop a bottle of champagne. Yeah, on Sad Boy Radio, exclusive. So for you, how is recording in Spanish different from English? It's very different. Well, first off, I mean, English is my first language. So I could just jump in a booth in English and go all day. But with Spanish, like, if, if it's a song, there's plenty of words in there like, damn, how do I... I mean, how do I approach it? Because I've never really sung that word before, you know? And so there's a lot more, I don't want to say rehearsing, but like practicing going into it. Um, and there's just a different swagger. And it depends on the genre, too. This song wasn't too hard to record, but a song like Mia, that was like reggaeton, so there's like a different flow. And like, it's more rappy, more fast. So it all depends on that, too. I have a song called Siempre Me Falla. I don't know if you heard that one. Mm. And it's Spanglish. So like, that was the one right after the first track with Abel, right? It was before that. Oh, it was before that? Okay, I've heard it though, yeah. Yeah, and so like that one was cool because like <laughs> mid-sentence I'll flip languages. It's literally Spanglish. It's like how I talk to my mom. I'm not the best at Spanish, so when I get stuck, I'll just stick to English. I'll like swip, I'll switch to it. So like that was the first song that I felt like it's how I speak, but in song form. You know, like I flip mid-sentence and it's kind of, it kind of breaks the rules a little bit. I feel like... <laughs> Maybe some people are like, why is he doing that? Shout out Aventura. We break the rules. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, like, I felt really cool on that song. Like, oh, shit. Like, I feel like I'm doing something that not a lot of people can do. Flipping two languages. So, it all depends on what kind of Spanish record, you know, too. So, but that's, like, one in particular. Like, I remember recording it. Like, man, this is awesome. I love how flippant it is. Because then I have people who don't speak Spanish. are like, I love that song. People who only speak Spanish. I love that song. You know, you, you get these two different markets unintentionally. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to tackle two markets. <laughs> you know, like I just wrote a song that I liked and it just so happened to appeal to like a bigger crowd. So I want to know. I know I went on a tangent. No, nah, you're good, bro. Hey, that's what the that's what we're here for. So you could talk about, you know, what you got to talk about. Talk about what's on your mind, on your heart. That's 
Like I said, that's what I love about music. It just brings out a different side of people. One thing that I did have written down, it's over here. How many artists talk about, you know, the fakeness in the music industry. Mm. So how have you kind of weathered that? I don't know that I'm deep enough to like, I mean, I've met fake people that give me weird energies and shit, but I don't know that I've been deep enough into the industry like to meet people where I'm like, oh shit. You know, I like to work with people who, I can see believing themselves enough to like really be pushing music. It's the reason Abe, I was so attracted to when Abel was dropping music. I'm like, I can tell there's passion here. There's hustle. There's grind. And so when I went in, I mean, look at the Billy Grossa video when we first made that song. Like we made a whole song in a day. That was our first session together. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it set up what we have today where it's like, I know we're going to make shit done when we when we link, you know. And so it's that, you know, it's not necessarily someone's fake, but it's like, what are you bringing to the table? And I don't say that to be mean or anything, but like, I just don't have enough time to be making music with everybody in Chicago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or just anybody in general. Like, what what can we make together that's going to be different that I wouldn't be able to make myself? And just like you mentioned, consistency is key. Mm-hmm. The consistency of what someone else is going to bring, what you're going to bring, and, you know, so on. Definitely. That's why I really appreciate you coming on today, bro, because when you're taking time out of your day to, you know, make an appearance like this, taking your time out of your day to collaborate with somebody, it's always a commitment. Mm -hmm. And I asked you, you know, in in advance. So for you to be able to put that down on your calendar and, you know, come through, I really appreciate that. Sure, man. I appreciate you inviting me. Like, like, you know, before I even opened the message, I went to your Instagram and like, oh, this guy's posting pretty frequently. He had Abel on. Like, I could tell it's something you'd like to do. You know, so I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, I don't care how, how big something is or like how big an artist is as long as i see like man he's really putting in the work yeah it's fucking it's a lot of work bro yeah. <laughs> and like i'm not a huge artist like i'm i'm very i'm a very smart artist i know I've, i'm very local and like but i think people can tell when they listen to my music or visit my page like adam lives for this shit mm-hmm. you, know? you definitely got a vibe to it bro you got a de- you got a definite feel and thank you it's something that you don't see with a lot of smaller artists right you take the time to perfect the craft you take the time to produce it all of it from immediately listening i'm like all right this guy's got something different i said all that to say like i was in that position where like i wasn't seeing a lot of results because when people would visit my shit it's like oh this man hasn't posted a song since last year like adam's not really an artist he's just dropping a song every now and then (laughs) you know what i'm saying and it wasn't until i changed that that i started seeing more results and so it's it's hard though man it's a hard hard thing to do drop a song frequently or just do shows freak even if it's just shows like dropping a song for me is how i stay consistent but even someone who's just doing a bunch of shows like that's consistency to me too let's link you know what i mean everyone has their own way of, of showing that yeah people don't understand the behind the scenes shit and that's the tough part it's like all right you see the product you see what i put out you know, you decide if it's good or bad, but you weren't there for the process of recording. You weren't there for the process of writing. As you get deeper into it, it's like, damn, I really do all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the dope thing. For sure. And you don't have to do all of it. Like, you know, like Abel is a fantastic like writer, performer, but he doesn't produce. But that's fine. You know, like you don't have to wear all the hats in the in the company. Like, but Abel can hold his own, bro. Alex Bonsa can hold his own. You know, Johnny Carter can hold his own. They all know what the fuck they're doing, and they're all really good at it. Yeah, you know what's funny? I saw a screenshot of a tweet posted on Instagram where they're like, you don't r- know the real struggle until you're in a room in Cali with five people <laughs> who that. know how to write, produce, and what was it? Produce, write, and sing or something? Yeah, shit. something like, and they're sleeping on the couch in the studio. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> I've been in those scenarios, bro, where like, 
Oh, you're way too talented. <laughs> this ain't even fair. Yeah, bro. Once again, thank you for coming on. And the way we close the show is we talk about an item that holds sentimental value for the artist. So I know I had mentioned it to you earlier. Were you able to think about one? Yeah, definitely. Someone that's really sentimental is my my dad has a a bass. It's from the year what year is it, bro? Nineteen fuck sixty four, I think. Damn, old as hell. It's an old ass bass, bro, and it's got like scratches and shit. But I don't know if you know anything about it, like guitars and stuff. But like the older it is, the more valuable it is. Mm. Not just in like how dope it looks, but like money-wise it's worth a lot but i've i've always loved that bass not only does it look dope but and not only do they not make those anymore but the fact that my dad used to perform at shows with it and like he never told me this story but he told one of my brothers that like he cried when his dad bought it from like because it just meant that much to him obviously i mentioned my dad's not here with me anymore so like the bass just signifies like like i can't wait to perform with that bass like i don't know on the grammys or something or like mtv awards like somewhere big on national television where like that's his bass that he used to play with, you know? You're going to win an award with that, bro. <laughs> Fingers crossed, man. But yeah, that's that's definitely uh, like the most sentimental thing I have. Hey, that's the lucky charm, bro. Yeah, man. It doesn't leave my house, though. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's for the Grammys. That's why it's not here. Once again, thank you. I really appreciate you coming out. It was a dope conversation, and I really hope to have you back someday. For sure, man. Likewise. Appreciate you having me on. For sure, bro. So that's going to be it for Sad Boy Radio. Did you want to mention anything else, bro? No, just thanks for having me, bro, and uh, hopefully I can come back here later and like, yeah, bro, so the Grammys were dope, you know. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, go ahead, stream his new song. Go ahead and pronounce it because I'll fuck it up. Derretirme. I'll go ahead and post the link in the description below. I'll drop his ads. His name is Adam Martinez. Once again, thank you guys for watching this Sad Boy Radio. Peace out. And it's true, you're the reason for it. This is Sad Boy Radio. Ya no puedo sentir o hablar de él.